Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome to All Things Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Coach Luke. Episode 2, title name, It's Getting Thick. It's getting thick because everything's getting thick in the name of basketball. I tell you, man, if you're watching these playoff games, you got to love it. You really got to love it. I tell you this, um, I'm sure watching it. I just want you guys to watch it so we can keep each other abreast, keep uh, keep each other uh, uh, informed in the game of basketball right now. Uh, some good things, some good topics. Um, we're gonna get it started, man. This is this is episode two. You know, um, I've been behind the mic before, but uh, you know, this is a whole new different beast for me, and I'm proud and I'm happy. And I'm glad for you guys to join me on this journey, like I said before. So, you know, let's just uh, get it started, man. All Things Basketball. Remember, All Things Basketball podcast. Hit me up on Instagram, All Things Basketball on Facebook. Um, anything else, you know, you want to you email me, hit the email button on All Things Basketball Facebook. Follow me. Download me. You know, share comments. You know, I got a lot of good comments uh, the first episode. I want all of those things to keep on going. All right? So let's get into it. Let's get into the situation at hand. All right? Here we go. So, you know, we have... uh, It's looking more and more like Tyron Lu will be the new uh, coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. All right? Um, As I mentioned before... It was Monty Williams' job for the taking, but uh, he went to the Phoenix Suns. All right. Now, Ty- Tyron Lue is a very experienced coach, very good coach. Um, you know, but he also was LeBron James's coach in Cleveland. So, you know, a lot of people, there's a little bit of rumbling there. They're saying, hey, is LeBron pulling the strings over there? Uh, you know, is he getting things his way? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I just know that, you know, there were a lot of different available coaches and they, you know, at 35 years old, I really believe maybe, you know, the thing is they want somebody that's very comfortable with LeBron and LeBron is very comfortable with them. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I mean, you want to get all of LeBron's maximum effort right now and you don't want him worrying about a new coach with new ideas and and trying to put him in positions where he's not comfortable at at this stage of his career. So I think it's a good hire in that respect. The only problem I have, people, with this hire is you have LeBron and you have a whole youthful team, young team that, that, you know, young players that need to be developed. You know what I mean? Now, the reason why Monty Williams was the front runner because he's a great developer of talent, a great developer of talent. The reason why Mark Jackson was right there neck and neck with Monty Williams because he's a great developer of talent. Tyron Lue is a good coach. He has, you know, he he likes uh, veterans in his circle. He likes veterans, X's and O's. He doesn't want to really build and develop players. I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen him as a coach develop certain players. He likes players with experience. So that's why 
I, I, if you didn't get Monty Williams, I was saying, hey, Mark Jackson, because Mark Jackson, as we all know, he, you know, he, he, you know, he, he brought in, um, uh, in Golden State when he was in Golden State, it was Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, you know, and so he, he kind of cultivated those guys, and I can't forget Draymond Green. All three of those guys came in, and he really, really worked those guys and developed those guys, and they still talk about it to this day how great Mark Jackson was in their development as professionals. So I'm a little bit a little bit worried about that hire, but at the same time, you know, you know, hey, a coach is supposed to develop talent, but all coaches don't do that. Some coaches sit back and say, hey, you're at, in the NBA, you're at a certain level, you should know these things. I just think as a coach is kind of impatient, being impatient, wanting what you want over what the team needs. But that's that's one thing neither here nor there. So Tyron Lue looks like he looks like he's the the guy that they're gonna nail down as the head coach of the Lakers, you know. Hey, did you guys see that game though? Let's get into the playoffs. Let's get right back into the playoffs. You know, I saw something very, very alarming the other night in the Boston Milwaukee game. The game was winding down, and uh, Kyrie Irving got up and left the bench. You know, and if you got to look at the coaching staff and you got to look at uh, his teammates, and <laughs> really, Jalen Brown is who I kept my eye on, and Terry Rozier. But Jalen Brown, I was saying to myself, man, somebody might have to keep those guys apart when they get in that locker room. Because Jalen Brown, you could see the steam coming off his head when he looked at uh, uh, Kyrie Irving leaving the bench. All right? Now, Kyrie Irving is an excellent, excellent player. You know, he was in Cleveland. They won the championship. They, you know, they they celebrated and everything and, and, and confetti. And um, he really just wanted to to be his own man, and he wanted uh, his own team, et cetera, et cetera. But see, a lot of people don't understand one thing. When you look at LeBron James, you don't know what it entails, all of the things that's on this man's shoulder, and he continues to play at a high, high level. Everybody's not built for that. And what I think we're starting to see with Kyrie Irving is just a little bit too much. It was just a little bit too much that he bit off. He's an excellent player. He might be one of the best closers in the game. But I'll tell you this, it takes more to, 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 it takes more to run a team and to be the leader of a team than your basketball skills. You have to have communication skills. You have to be able to deal with your teammates in a manner of respect. If they're down, you got to be able to pick them up. You can't just worry about yourself. You can't just make it all about yourself. You know, and so those are the things that I, I I worry about when when Kyrie becomes a free agent. Is it going to sour? Is it going to look frowned upon from what he did the other night when the general managers start courting him and getting ready to try to give him a max deal? You got to really think about it. You know what I mean? But uh, that was something interesting, and I definitely couldn't wait to get to you guys today and talk about Kyrie Irving, and if you got any comments, leave it in the comments section. I mean, that was something there. I mean, you know, when you look at it, it, it it's just 
it just it was disappointing, really. It was disappointing. There's such a great talent, such a great talent, and 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 to display your attitude in that manner, you know, and I can't say anything else. I'm not getting on him. You know, I don't know his position. I don't know what type of day he was having. But, but you know, when you're a professional, you have to conduct yourself like a professional. You know, it cracks me up because I used to say somewhat of the same things about Allen Iverson. But in the last stages of Allen Iverson's uh, career, he worked the media room. He really knew how to work that media room. And I mean, he became a, he actually became a media darling. Alan Iverson became, for me, he became, he was the bad guy to the media in the beginning of his career. Towards the end, he was just a media darling. And you could also see it in his play. I think they went to the championship. Once he started changing his habits and his, and his, his demeanor, towards the media, and the media changed their demeanor towards him, you know, hey, Philly was soaring. Philly was going. And what winds up happening is then all you have to worry about is basketball. But I tell a lot of young guys today, if you make it to the league, it's more than just playing the game of basketball. There's a lot of things you got to do. You got to talk to the press before the game. You got to talk to the press after the game. You got to talk to the press before practice. You got to talk to the press after practice. It's a job. It's a job and you get paid well to do this job. So you should be more than willing. You should be able to give yourself, uh, you know, just give, give of yourself to ask, answer questions. Now I know some of the questions are, are, are I mean, outlandish sometimes. I mean, I sit around and I laugh sometimes. You know, Coach Luke won't ask those questions, so you don't got to worry about that. But when I hear him, when I'm in a media room with a bunch of reporters or, 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 or you know, TV outlets, there are questions that, you know, you got to cover your mouth because you don't want to laugh too loud because you don't want to disrespect anybody. But guess what? There's some questions that are just over the top. I mean, over the top. And a lot of times they don't have to do with anything pertaining to basketball. And so at all things basketball, that's what we try to stick to. You know, that's our motto. That's our name. That's our brand. So that's what we do. And one of the things you, you know, we'll never have an athlete from any level, from high school all the way up to the NBA, frowned upon any questions that we ask. So, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. But, but Kyrie Irving, I mean that was that was a disappointing situation right there. It really was. It was very disheartening to me. You know what I mean? So that you know, I, I, I know in free agency, you know, this is something that teams will look at. They're gonna look at that. You know, they're gonna replay that in their mind before they give him a max deal. Now will somebody give him a max deal? Of course. He's just too talented not to get one. I mean, he's just too talented. I mean, if I was a general manager, I'd still give him a max deal. I might send him to a therapist, <laughs> but I'd give him that max deal because what you get on the court with this guy, you just can't, you can't teach it sometimes. You know, his basketball IQ is out the roof. So, you know, I would still sign him. I mean, but it's in the back of your mind, if you're a general manager, I would understand if you had some, you know, 
you know, second, third, or maybe fourth thoughts, you know, that that's something you'd have to think about. You know what I mean? All right. And again, like I said, if you, if I veer off a little bit, I'm looking at my Instagram. It's an open page. So come on, guys, with the questions. Coach Luke is here to answer them and continue with the second episode. It's a wonderful day. How's everybody doing today? It's a great day outside. It's nice and sunny. I'm feeling nice and ready to go, raring to go. You know what I mean? Okay. How long will, well, how long will Greg Popovich, how long will Greg Popovich coach? I mean, that's up to Coach Pop. Coach Pop is the best that's doing it right now, especially in, in, in the NBA. He's the best that's doing it. Other than Doc Rivers, I mean, I think uh, Coach Popovich is, 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 I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, I, now I do know he's now the head coach of um, Team USA. All right? But but I think the question that, that you're asking is right about the three the new three-year deal that he signed. Well, to be honest with you, uh, in my opinion, after these next three years, then you know, he might look at everything. I mean, he's done it all. I mean, look at all the championships he's won. So he's done it all. I mean, after these three years, he could ride off into the sunset. He's been doing it for, oh, man, I, I, I can't even think about how long he's been doing it, but he's been doing it forever. And so, I mean, he he, he has a long, long list of, of credentials and and he's just a great coach. So I know he's signing a three-year extension. And I think after that three-year extension, you might see the end of uh, Coach Pop on the San Antonio Spurs sideline. So uh, that that's just my opinion. I mean, again, I'm reading from the Instagram. Things are coming in. And, and all right. So, you know, Candace Parker, all right, is she – is she at the end of the road? I don't think she's at the end of the road at all. I think Candace Parker still has a lot left. Um, I think what a lot of people, I heard this before also, but I think a lot of people are looking at Candace Parker. She's also, as a player, she's done it all. I mean, she's been to the Olympics. She's won WNBA championships and stuff. If she lets the game go right now, she's a Hall of Famer easily. I think where people are, are really looking at Candace Parker right now is because of the new, um, you know, NBA TV deal that was signed. Well, we can do more than one thing, you know what I mean? And it doesn't interfere with the WNBA season. You know, she's working on the men's side as far as the commentary. She's not. She's not jumping in when WNBA season starts, she'll be playing for the LA Sparks, you know? And as far as skill and ability, she's still got it. Candace Park is still an excellent ball player. Is she a ball player that, that she was five, six years ago? No, but, but her knowledge and her, her, the way that she approaches the game, the way that she takes care of herself. Remember I said before, you got to take care of your body. You got you to really, if you want to do this any long length of time, you have to take care of your body. Your body is what's going to get you from A to B in this game, and your body is what's going to make you be able to play 10 years, 11, 12 years. 
I think a lot of people forget one thing about any sport. I know, speaking for myself, and I never played in the NBA, but speaking for myself, I started playing basketball at seven years old. I started playing PAL and CYO. I played elementary school at Washington Rose. They had a team. I made the team. I played at Dodd Junior High. I played at Freeport High School. So what I'm trying to get at is, as you keep going, you, you once you get to the pros, a lot of people say, oh, man, he only played eight years. He only played nine years. So what are you doing? You're forgetting college? Are you forgetting high school? Are you forgetting grade school? Are you forgetting junior high school? There's a long journey as a player before you even sniff the NBA. And those are a lot of years, a lot of wear and tear, a lot of blood, sweat, and guts that you've put in to get to wherever you got. So I'm I'm one that will never say, oh, man, this guy, he only played seven years in the NBA, or he only went overseas for two or three years, and now that's it for him. How did the person get to that place? What journey did that person go on? You know what I mean? So I'm not quick to judge when someone plays four years or five years on a professional level. You know, um, um, maybe that's all they want to do. Maybe they had other aspirations in life. You know, um, everybody doesn't want to play uh, uh, professionally 10, 15, 20 years. You want to do other things with your life. You know what I mean? So you, you can't always judge people when they let go of the game of basketball early. The um, young lady, the young lady who, who uh, hit me on Instagram the other night, she brought up uh, um, Maya Moore and Maya Moore not playing this WNBA season, all right? I let her know uh, I would do some research. I jumped right on it. I jumped right on it, people. Um, and also, don't forget, I'm still going to get that interview. But one of the things that's going on with Maya Moore is she's a very, very religious young lady, all right? She grew up a very, very religious young lady, you know, and she wants people to know Christ. What she wants to do is travel and and relay the word of God across the state and out of the country. That's what she wants to do. This is what I'm hearing she wants to do. All right. And so I have a pretty reliable source that's pretty, pretty close to the Minnesota Lynx, but they work on the men's side, which is the Timberwolves. But this is what I'm hearing that she wants people to know God and she feels that, you know, um, she needs to be one of those vessels right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You got, you can't knock a person that, that has again played basketball mostly all their life and want to do some other things, you know, and, and want to do things for God. Hey, there's no problem. You get no fight for me on that one. That, that's a beautiful, beautiful 
gesture and she's going out and she's reaching and touching people. That's what I've heard. Now, we definitely, definitely still going to get the interview. But like I told you, Coach Luke is going to get on the scene. So if you're listening right now, episode two, that was a pretty quick, that was pretty quick, wasn't it? I came back with Maya Moore already. So, you know, I don't, I don't waste any time. I don't waste any time. And, and so that's what's going on with Maya Moore right now. You know what I mean? Um, Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker, we said that he's a free agent. All right. Now, one of the things that as a free agent, you can't call out teams. You can't say what teams like you really want to go to. You know, he, you know, you can, you can only negotiate, keep it hush hush and keep it under the radar. But what's going on is Kimber Walker is saying, I'm missing home. I want to see my family in the Bronx. Hint, hint. That means, uh, you know, I think the Knicks and the Nets are in his running. You know what I mean? That, that's that's the, the hint that I'm getting. That's what Coach Luke is getting from that, from Kimber Walker. He can't name any teams because, do, you know, the collective bargaining agreement and all of that is all in place. He can't talk about any free agency. But when you say things like, I want to go home and, you know, I'm, I'm missing home, you know. And, but I understand he, you know, he's got quite a piece of land in Charlotte and everything, but he's missing home. You know, Kimber Walker's from the Bronx, by the way. So, you know, that's, I think that's a little hint to uh, uh, the general managers, both the Knicks and Nets need to look at Kimber Walker. He's a diamond in, he's, he's a real good player. You know, and as far as free agents, he's a diamond in the rough because a lot of people are talking about Kyrie Irving and, and rightly so. But Kyrie Irving is the, the number one point guard that everybody's been talking about. And so I think what Kimber Walker is doing is saying, hello, people, I'm over here and I'm also an all-star and I also can play me some ball. So, you know, and, and he won't hurt a team. He can only help a team. So Kimber Walker is, is sending a few little sync signals out to the basketball world, mainly the NBA. You know what I mean? And that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Coach of the year in the NBA. My pick is Doc Rivers. Why? Because he's one of the best coaches in the game of basketball, if not the best. I think between him and Greg Popovich, they're one and two. Popovich one, Doc Rivers two. There's some great coaches all across the NBA, but I really think that Doc Rivers should get the coach of the year. No one. I know I didn't. I didn't see the L.A. Clippers doing what they did this year. They really stepped it up, all right? After unloading Chris Paul and getting um, uh, just just – revamping the team, no one saw the L.A. Clippers coming the way that they came this year. It was a very, very good season for the L.A. Clippers. And a lot of people say, well, you know, they had no superstars. They had no stars on the team. They had nothing like that. To, so, you know, he should get it. Well, you know, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes because I think Lou Williams 
should have been an all-star this year. That's another guy. We talk about guys that get buckets. Lou Williams can get buckets anywhere. He could come off as the sixth man. He could be a starter. He could be the eighth man off your bench. Lou Williams is going to get you buckets. He's going to get you 20 points a game. I don't care what atmosphere you put that man in. There's guys in the league that will get you straight buckets. And Lou Williams is one of those guys. And I really think he got snubbed because he's not a starter. You know, and and I, I really don't like that. Because if you looked at the L.A. Clippers in the playoffs, the only time that that they really put a dent in the playoffs is when Lou Williams was on the floor. Now, the rest of the team is pretty good. I love Patrick Beverly. He's a beast on, on defense. You know what I'm saying? But you need Lou Williams. That's the yin and the yang over there with the Clippers. You need Lou Williams to score. You need him putting up 20 or better for them to, to really make a dent. But let's get back to Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers, uh, my vote is already in. I don't have a vote, but if I had a vote, it would be for Doc Rivers to be the NBA coach of the year. You know, and hey, you know, you know, everybody has their pick. You know, some people will say Popovich. But Popovich has so many coaches of the years, you know, he's got to spread the wealth. He's gotta he's gotta spread it around a little bit. I think Doc Rivers got it one year. But the job that Doc Rivers did this year was phenomenal. It was just phenomenal. So I think Doc Rivers is my coach of the year. Speaking about obsession. <laughs> and tonight is game five. Houston Rockets, Golden State. But let's get up into the, the obsession part. Daryl Morey. They say Daryl Morey, he's the general manager of the Houston Rockets. He's obsessed with beating Golden State. He put together his team strictly to beat Golden State. He's tired of losing to Golden State. So, hey, Daryl Morey, game fives tonight. This is, this is a very pivotal game in the Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets series. I'll be front row and center to watch it. I'm going to tell you right now. This is going to be a bomb burner of a game. I really actually think whoever wins this game, you know, it's hard to say that in the NBA, but it, it gives you an edge. But at this point, any team can lose on their home home court. So, you know, a lot of people say game five is that pivotal game. But for the last two or three years, I've been seeing a lot of road teams coming in in that game five and, and snatching the thunder from the home team. So, you know, it is a pivotal game because all of the games are pivotal. You know, you got to go one game at a time if you're going to eliminate a team as strong as Golden State. So, you know, they, they're talking about <laughs> Daryl Morey is obsessed with beating Golden State, well, Daryl Moore, you got your chance right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and hopefully, you know, for you, you know, the Rockets win this series and, and you can stop obsessing over uh, beating Golden State. You know, that's one thing that you can stop obsessing over. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a great thing. I, I don't even think it's an obsession. I think it's just competition. 
You know, the general managers compete too. You know, they talk to each other. They don't just talk to each other via trade. A lot of them are friends. A lot of them go out, play golf together, you know, uh, hang out, you know, brag to each other. Oh, my team is better than yours. So, you know, I just think I don't, uh, you know, obsessed. I don't know. That's a strong word to use. You know, maybe, maybe the people close around Daryl Morey are feeling that way. I just think he's, he's a guy from afar, not knowing him personally, because I don't know him personally, but from afar, I just think he's highly competitive and, and, and he's definitely one of the best general managers in basketball because he never stops making calls and making moves for that rocket team. You know, if one, uh, one trade doesn't work, he's back on the horn switching it. You know what I mean? I mean, he should have kept my guy mellow. You know what I'm saying? He should have kept my guy mellow. I think they could have used mellow, but, you know, that's a whole other story that we'll get into down the road. But I do believe if they would have kept mellow, he, he could have put a dent in this series. And I guess you guys know that I'm a big Carmelo Anthony fan, so, you know, by saying that. But um, the consensus is that when he was there, that he was out of shape. I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I just didn't see any play. Player, you know, I didn't see them giving him any playing time. That's what I I saw. But um, they would know better than I do, you know, if he was in shape, if he was in game shape, or if he wasn't. But, um, yeah, game five is tonight. Big game, big game, all right? Boston, is their backs are against the wall tonight, too. Milwaukee against Boston. Hey, their backs are against the wall. I don't think Boston's going to come out of this. I don't. I really don't. It would surprise me if Boston came out of this series the victor right now. I mean, uh, like I told you before, I mean, you got you got Middleton, you got Giannis, you know, you even got Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez has become a stretch guy now. But uh, I saw him the other night. He blocked about four or five shots. So if you can get that from him and then Giannis doing his thing, uh, I, I don't see Boston coming back. I think tonight will be the end of Boston and, uh, you know, Milwaukee will move on. Last night, did you guys see the Toronto uh, – the Toronto-Philadelphia series? Wow, what a blowout. I couldn't believe it. That was a very, very lopsided game. I mean, Toronto jumped on them from the gate and stayed on top of them. You know, and then now, is you know, Philadelphia is on their heels. You know, that series is 3-2. You know, uh, they're on their heels now. You know what I mean? And it goes back to Toronto. I think they're in trouble. You know, I really do. It's more more and more it's looking like Philadelphia is out, Boston is out, and you got the Raptors in Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, one step closer to my pick, one step closer to Coach Luke's pick, you know, with, with the Raptors representing the East. So, I mean, you know, hey, we'll see what's going to happen. But, you know, those two teams, I think, at this point, 
they're gone. They're gone. I mean, they, you know, you can't rule them out. You know, anything can happen. But I mean, uh, you know, it's looking shaky now for Philadelphia and Boston. I don't see them, you know, recovering from this, even though they're only one game away from tying things up. I just, it's hard. It's real hard, especially if, you know, the team takes a, a game on your court. And now they're going home to finish things out. It becomes doubly hard for you to, to, to get that victory. It really does. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it, if you, if you, if you sit back and, and you watch it, you know, you, you're really going to have to have a maximum effort. Really going to have to have a maximum effort. Oh, Ben Simmons. Okay, Ben Simmons. Well, of course, Ben <laughs> I just got hit on the ground. Ben Simmons should work on his jump shot. Well, of course he should work on his jump shot. Of course. He's too talented not to have a jumper. You know, I mean, and I'm not talking about a three-point three shot. 15, 20 feet. Keep the defense honest. That's what that's what Ben Simmons needs. That's what Ben Simmons needs. I don't know uh, if anybody has talked to him about it, but he's just he's just so strong going downhill. I think I think he he what he does is he takes advantage of his his ability to reach the rim, and he doesn't for some reason feel he needs a jump shot, but he does need a jump shot because the game slows up when the playoffs get here. And I'm going to tell you something. Once the game slows up, people are able to depict what you can do and what you can't do. And once they find out what you can do, they're going to defend against what you can do, but they're also going to pick your weakness and pick at you and pick at you and pick at you. And right now, what they're doing is they're letting Ben Simmons have the perimeter. And what they're doing, what Milwaukee is doing, is they're packing it in. They're packing it in the circle. And so it's hard for him to drive. The most he can do is pass on the perimeter. And when he's passing on the perimeter, he's not giving his teammates a favorable option. Because the only thing he's doing is now they're on the perimeter. Nobody's cutting. Nobody's flashing. So they're taking a lot away from Ben Simmons' game. And that's what's happening with Ben Simmons. Um, to answer your question, yeah, I agree with you. He needs a jump shot. But whose fault is that but his? He can work on it. What's wrong with him working on it? Sitting in front of, sitting in front of the rim, 50. Back up, dotted lines, 50. Go to the free throw. You, he shoots decent from the free throw line, not very good. Maybe he should shoot a hundred free throws. You know, you know, I got to put my training tips in here, guys. You know, Coach Luke's got to put his training tips in. That's what's going on. You know what I mean? But he definitely can get better um, from the outside. From the outside, that, that that's hurting the team right now. That's hurting Philadelphia. It really is. Also, what's hurting Philadelphia is that I just think uh, Jimmy Butler needs to just uh, take over some games here. 
you know, just take over, will some games. You know, I love Tobias Harris, you know, L.I. all day, but he's got to show up. He can't, you know, you know, it's time for Tobias Harris to show up. It's time for Jimmy Butler to show up. You know, if they're going to do anything with Milwaukee, those two guys have to play well. They have to play well. You know what I mean? If they're going to do anything, those two guys have to play well. You know what we're going to get from Joel Embiid if he's healthy or if he's feeling better. But those two guys, they have to play well. You know, there's no question about it. If Philadelphia is going to get back into this series, those two guys have to play well. And J.J. Redick, too. I keep forgetting J.J. Redick. He's got to play well also. You know, but back to your your question, yeah, Ben Simmons, right now, that's hurting the Philadelphia 76ers, that he can't nail a shot. Because if you look at the defense that Milwaukee's playing, they're packing it in. Because first of all, they're saying, we know you're not shooting from that from that three-point line. So we're going to pack it in a little bit under the free throw line. Because I don't even think you're going to shoot there. And once you can do that, you kind of clog up everything, you know. Um, you could play a little bit of zone in the NBA. But for the most part, like I told you, it really doesn't change. They like to keep it man-to-man. You might pack a few guys into the into the lane so that Ben Simmons won't drive to the basket because once he gets going downhill, he's an animal to go downhill, and he's strong down there. So they want to keep him on the outside. So, you know, that that's, that's the thing with that series. Now, the Denver-Portland series, wow, that's something else. You know, and again, I just think that 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 the whole series that's going to go seven games. That's going to go seven games. I, I don't care what's going on with that. That's going to go seven games. So you have that series there too, um, and 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 that's going to be you know again. I, like I told you, Portland against Toronto. You know, will I put? Uh, see, I don't bet. I don't bet. I make a friendly bet, but I don't, I don't, I don't wager bet. You know, I used to. I lost too much money. <laughs> I learned the hard way. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, betting's not for me. But hey, if you bet, anybody else bet, more power to you. If you're a betting person, more power to you. But I, I, those are my picks. Now I won't bet on them. No. So that's the question you're asking. No, I won't bet on them. But I got Portland and Toronto in the championship. And like I said, after that, it's a toss-up. I, I don't know who's going to win. You know, maybe once they get to the finals, and I believe they will, I'll be able to uh, sit back and analyze it and then come up with a pick. So you got to stay tuned to Coach Luke. You got to email me. You know, you got you got to download, hit the like button, Follow me, you know, go to my uh, Instagram, All Things Basketball Podcast. Go to my Facebook, All Things Basketball. Hit the email button, you know, and, and, and stay in touch with me. And we could talk about what you think is going to be the finals. What I, th- I already told you what I believe is going to be the finals. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about right there. All right. So 
you know, that's 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 how I see it happening. I don't know, you know. I mean, everybody else, you know, you could you could send, you can go to All Things Basketball, email me, and give me your picks, and and I read them off, you know, I read them off on the air for you, and 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 we, we can, you know, we can keep in touch like that, you know. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But it's great, great basketball being played right now. Great, great basketball being played. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. I mean, the game five tonight. I'm gonna be front row and center. Golden State and Houston. I mean, you know, this is a pivotal game. But then again, you know, like I just told you, you know, road teams. It's not so pivotal no more. You know, a lot of road teams can walk in and, and win on your floor. You know what I mean? Houston's got an opportunity to do that tonight. They got an opportunity to go in there and steal one. You know, they lost the first two at Oracle. You know, and this is the last year for Oracle. The, uh, the Golden State Warriors are moving into a new stadium, uh, you know, a new arena, rather, next season. It's a little bit closer to the San Francisco area. You know what I mean? So, you know, that, that that's where they're moving. You know, um, you know what? I want to touch on something. In the beginning of the season, uh, Golden State was saying, oh, wow, you know, uh, people are saying we're going to break up. People are saying, you know, this is our last hurrah, you know, but this is not our last hurrah. We we want to stick together. We want to stay together. We're all going to keep. We're all going to come back to Golden State, where are these rumors coming from. Well, now if you listen to their interviews, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, uh, Andre Iguodala, especially Andre Iguodala, because he's thirty-five years old. You know, he doesn't know. He has back problems. He doesn't know if he's going to come back. Sean Livingston. Long career, you know, had a very horrific injury, came back from it. That was a comeback story of the year when he came back from that leg injury. But he doesn't know if he's going to be back. But what I'm getting at is now you right now you're starting to hear a tone from the Golden State Warriors that, well, you know, hey, I'm not so sure. You know, uh, Kevin Durant is saying, I just want to go to free agency and see how it looks. You know, not to say that I'm not coming back. The tune has changed right now for the Golden State Warriors. We wasn't hearing this earlier in the year from them. Now, all of a sudden, we're hearing, you know, hey, I want to try my options on the free agent market. You know, I want to see uh, what's out there. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what's going on with Golden State. These are things that we were not hearing from them uh, earlier in the year, I would think you rally the troops, what you would do, and win these series, win the championship, all out of 98 Bulls, and then say bye-bye and ride off into the sunset, because that's what the 98 Bulls did. They knew going into the 98, uh, 98 season that that was it for them. Michael Jordan said it was it. Scottie Pippen, heck, Phil Jackson was telling everybody, this is the swan song, but we're going to make it our strongest, strongest movement. This is our swan song. So they took that and put that on their shoulders. Now, with Golden State, 
Golden State was telling us something altogether different in September and October. You know, when training camp started, they were saying, oh, well, you know, we'll be back. All of us will be back. You know, I don't know where these rumors are coming from. Well, those rumors must have came from somewhere because right now we're hearing a whole different tune from the Golden State Warriors, you know, from each one of them. Steph Curry, from Clay Thompson, from Draymond Green. Like I said, even Andre Iguodala put his two cents in and said, hey, look, you know, we had a great run. Well, the run isn't over yet. The series is 2-2. The narrative is not in. So why are you guys talking like this? You know, are you together? Are you in the trenches together? Or, or is there something that that the rest of us are not seeing. I mean, I'm bringing this up because I just thought the interview process was alarming to me, you know, because they're not losing a series. They haven't lost a series yet. So, I mean, why are you saying, you know, this might be the last time we'll be together? Now you're saying that. But again, like I said, in the beginning of the year, uh, 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 during training camp when everybody was talking and everybody was happy and smiling, you heard none of this from the Golden State Warriors. So that's that's something that I find, uh, um, you know, pretty interesting on their part. You know what I mean? Um, the, the L.A. Clippers are going to push hard for Kawhi Leonard. They're going to push hard. Well, Kawhi Leonard, I believe, is from the California area. You know what I mean? And a lot of people thought that he would go to the Lakers. But um, now the Clippers are the front runner. You know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, that's because uh, Doc Rivers is an excellent coach. Jerry West is up, stop, up top. He's upstairs. You know, everything is in, they got their great, uh, um, we got a great facility right now. Um, they got their own facility. Um, they got a billion, billion dollar owner that treats the players excellent. So, I mean, everything is in order for the Clippers. I guess, you know, that, that's why they're the front runner, you know, for, for Kawhi Leonard's, um, services. And, and guess what? There's been a few uh, free agents. Like I said, it's a big, big open market on free agents this year. And a few of them have mentioned the L.A. Clippers. And, you know, for people who, who, who know me, you know, and know my, my uh, travels in basketball, you know, the Clippers, they hold a, a special place in my heart. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, to um, – um, Kawhi Leonard, you know, is, uh, you know, they're, they're really going to push for Kawhi Leonard, the L.A. Clippers. And that that's that's pretty good, you know. Um, I think they're going to need maybe another max deal to really push the Lakers out the building. But you can never push the Lakers out the building as long as King James is in town. But they can really, you know, this year they kept saying that the Clippers was the team in L.A., but that was only because, you know, they were they had did a whole lot better than the Lakers this year. But as far as attendance, 
you know, with LeBron James in the building, you know, the Lakers are still going to get attendance. And I don't care what nobody say. I've been to Los Angeles, you know, and I love the Clippers. Like I said, they're near and dear to my heart. I don't want to tell you why right now, but I'll tell you later on sometime down the road in another episode because I don't want to talk about Coach Luke. But the Lakers, is it's always California there. That basketball area is always going to be the Lakers' place. You know, the Lakers loom high in that area, you know, and it's going to be very hard for the Clippers to bump them aside. But, you know, I think the Clippers just want to be neck and neck. As long as they can get in the area where they can say, hey, here's another option for free agents. Here's another option for even fans to come and watch the Clipper games. Get season tickets to Clipper games. You don't always have to just get season tickets to Laker games. So I think that's the nudge and the movement that the Clippers are on right now. Again, I already told you they got the best coach in the game other than Greg Popovich. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're right there. They're very, very close. But, uh, you know, you can't rule out the Lakers because I also think they're going to make a push for Anthony Davis. You know, that whole thing got muddled and messy. You know, I think I think they jumped the gun and um and when they let um New Orleans see their ace in the hole, New Orleans shut down and they basically said, We're not going to trade Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what wound up happening. And so, you know, it was sad that that it went like that, and then the player suffered. But you know these things happen. You you got to really stay under the surface. You can't really talk to the media about your about your moves and what you're thinking. You know what I mean? And you cannot uh, tell the media what what destination you want to go to, because what's happening is that the team that you're with kind of gets their feelings hurt. And then they'll they'll take they'll send you somewhere else. They'll make sure that you don't go to the team that you want to go to. That's what winds up happening in the instances with these. Sometimes the players speaking a little bit before they have to, or before you know the season ends, and you're talking to the media, and it might slip out, and you might say, "Hey, I want to go to the to Los Angeles Lakers. I like what they're doing over there." And then the next thing you know, the team that you're on is now offended, so they're going to send they're going to send you east. They're not even going to send you west. All right, they're gonna they're gonna unload you on the Eastern team and let them have the problem. They're gonna get rid of you because they're gonna look at you as a problem when all you're trying to do is say, "Look, this is where I might be more happy at. This is where I might be more productive at." You know, when you're happy, you do a good job. All right, and that's anything that you do. So basketball is no different. When you're happy, you're gonna perform and perform extremely, extremely well, you know. Now, this episode, we didn't get that many training calls. Hey, but that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Follow me. Hit the like button. Share a comment. Hit me up at All Things Basketball Facebook. Hit the email button, all right? All Things Basketball Podcast. Hit me on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? You can even ask me questions through all of those things 
on uh, uh, social media about training methods. So, you know, hey, the comment section didn't go that much. I don't want you to shy away. Ask the comments, ask the questions. But if not, then I'm going to stick right to the course that what we're doing, all things basketball. And that's what we did this, this episode. All right. And I'll see you on the next episode, Friday, episode three. We're going to keep it moving. Thank you. God bless. Have a good night.